You've been lied to, but you don't know how. You've searched, you've struggled, you've cried out. You want the truth, but where is it? You've wandered, you've fought, you've strived, and you have not been satisfied. What is truth? Where is truth? Who is truth? The kingdom of God. Mind control. The last days. Higher dimensions. Unity. The power of faith. Discovering the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. God has promised that he will hide us under his feathers and under his wings we will trust. His truth shall be our shield and our buckler. Discovering the Truth with Dan Devon is the premier program that is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is designed to show you how to become more than you have ever imagined through the power of truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And now, prepare for your host, Dan Duvall. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is a production of Bride Ministries, and you can find us at www.bridemovement.com and www.thefireplacechurch.org. Now, at www.bridemovement.com, you will find what is the ministry home. Uh, It is Bride Ministries. It is where you will find links to our podcast archives, our YouTube channel. You'll be able to contact us. You'll find information about our vision to help people that have dissociative identity disorder. You will find um, information about our discipleship programs, information about mind control, our bookstore, a host of other resources all sitting there waiting for you. At thefireplacechurch.org, you will find our internet-based ministry service where every Friday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, you will be able to log in, watch a live service produced with excellence. I mean, uh, high definition film, the whole bit, and then be able to participate in internet-based moderated discussion groups that occur with people from around the world because we have built a platform to allow for real community. Folks, There's prayer going forward at this. There are questions being answered. There are relationships and friendships being fostered. Lively discussion. I mean, just imagine a room full of people that are interested in this stuff. That's it. That's what we built. We built it. And you know what? You can have it if you just show up. (laughs) It actually doesn't cost anything. You just click the link at fireplacechurch.org and you're there. You're in. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And guess what? 
Soon, we are planning to go into a second service every week uh, on Sunday evenings for those of you that can't make the Friday nights. And we're laying out plans to be able to execute that seamlessly. And so, folks, all I can say is we're really excited. God's doing amazing things. God is big. We serve a big God. And, and man, is he moving at the fireplacechurch.org. Now, folks, I'm still in Australia. Uh, I'm probably preaching somewhere right now. I'm in a whole different time zone, you know, but what I'm telling you is that I am really happy that you all inspire me. You know why you inspire me? Because I know that if I go to Australia, which I did, and I am now in Australia, uh, and I do not provide this, which is this program right here, I will get emails scolding me. Damn Duvall, how dare you? How dare you not think about me. You know what? It happened. We got them. And I receive correction in Jesus' name. Folks, so we have been inspired to make sure that when I'm traveling, there is discovering the truth with Dan Duvall. And you know what? Um, when I get back from the, uh, the, the trip to Australia, which will be now uh, this coming Monday... August 1st, uh, we're going to be sh shortly thereafter moving into production for the Fireplace Church. And, and I, I was talking about this last week, and, I, and I'm going to reiterate a couple things. Um, in order to produce the Fireplace Church, we are not recording a one week at a time and ha having this kind of a situation. Uh, my production guy lives in another state. So every time we do production, we, we film, we actually have to do a whole block at once. We have to fly them in. And uh, then we film a whole bunch at once, and then we begin to produce those week after week. Well, that that costs. Every, every time that we're going to film a whole bunch of uh, uh, sermons, there is a, a financial cost associated with that. It, it's an extra burden on our budget. Now, in, in this next round of the Fireplace Church recordings, we're actually stepping out in faith. We're bringing in two guest speakers. Now, you've seen Dr. Preston Bailey at the Fireplace Church. You've seen Walter himself. He's, we've actually <laughs> been enjoying him um, at the Fireplace Church because he can preach. Now, um, you've seen, obviously, me, but now you'll get to see Dr. C.R. Oliver and Dr. Rob Ruckert, who are the speakers we'll be bringing in for this round of recording. And of course, in order to bring in speakers, anytime you do that, uh, you're bringing people in from other locations in the country. There is a financial cost involved in that. And not only are we doing that, but now in this uh, round, we're also simultaneously going to be over in Michigan, where my worship guy, Mike, is uh, recording a whole other set of songs. Why? We, we don't want the same repertoire. We have about uh, nine songs in our rotation that we were able to record and produce with the initial launch of the Fireplace Church. Well, now we're, we're going to record a whole bunch more. This is going to require us to hire another you know, sound guy, worship band, video guy. Uh, we're going to have all, all, all kinds of costs in, involved in, in creating those worship sets. It, it's, it's not cheap to do it the way we are uh, doing it. And so we're believing God. We're believing God that everything is covered in addition to all of our normal operating costs. Folks, we'll, we'll be spending thousands and thousands of, of dollars, somewhere between eight and $10,000 to be uh, straightforward about it. 
when I come back from Australia to do all of the stuff that we're planning to do. And folks, we, we believe that God is provider. We believe that God named himself Jehovah Jireh because he foots the bill. And, and you know, I, it really, really encouraged me to know that I stepped out in faith uh, and really we stepped out in faith as, as an organization at the outset of February when we, when God gave us the, the, the mandate. He said, you build a fireplace church and you do it by April 1st. Well, we had the first, um, this, it was a uh, dry run, May 31st. We, we ran a service and we, we were a day ahead of schedule. And you know what? We spent double what our initial thought was as far as cost, I'm thinking maybe we're going to spend 15. We spent like $30,000 to produce the fireplace church the way we did. And you know what? We did it that free. We did not owe anyone anything at the end. We didn't pay any interest on anything. Everything was paid for in cash. And we didn't cut corners. We continued to fund everything that we had already committed to while building that. And you know what that tells me? That tells me God is faithful. That tells me that when the Bible says he shall supply your every need according to the abundance of his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, he does. And now that we are going to produce all these other worship songs for the Fireplace Church, we're going to be bringing in guest speakers from other areas. We're going to be bringing in Walter. We're going to be doing all this recording and have every cost associated with that. It's covered even if it's not already paid for in the natural by looking at the accounts. So, you know, folks, all I'm saying is this is opportunity for you to uh, partner with us financially, to respond to Jesus. And, you know, God says, I love a cheerful giver. The Bible says that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. And um, that he is able to make all grace abound towards us, that we having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. And folks, we, we, we believe in abundance and we believe in abounding, not only for us, but for you as well. You know, so we are simply saying, thank you, Jesus. We know it's already covered. We're just letting you guys know, hey, <laughs> this is what you're seeding into. This is what we're actually doing, how we do it. Now, I'm not going to go on any further. You're going to listen to one of the survivors that you guys support financially uh, as we go into part four of his testimony. His name, Robert Van Dreist Mitchell. He is an Illuminati defector. And folks, don't go anywhere because you are listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall.
folks, I know you've been waiting for it. Last week, we were talking with Robert Vandreist Mitchell and getting into stuff that's just off the charts. Just really, really wild subjects that, man, left y'all shocked. I'm sure. I, I know. it. Well, we have him back for another round of his story and information. Now, Robert Vandreist Mitchell is an Illuminati defector. Folks, there's no question about it. I mean, his bloodlines tell the story on both sides of his family, which, which he has gotten into in former interviews, where his bloodlines have come from, things that they've been involved with. You know, we are talking with somebody that is about as much of an insider as they come. And Robert is also a survivor because that is how it works. When a person is born into a bloodline family, they undergo deep satanic programming, military programming, Illuminati programming, and that leaves them fragmented, which is why ministry to survivors is so important. If we are ever going to get people set free from the deepest trenches of the world and kingdom of darkness. Now, uh, Robert has told us a lot of things, and we're going to be getting into more today as we are going to explore um, the experiences of several of his other altars. Last week, we met Kate in something that's not really been done on my program before where uh, we agreed before the program that that Kate, which is one of Robert's altars, would come out and be at the surface to talk to us about what she had been through and seen and witnessed. Well, this week we're going to be talking to some more of his parts. And if this language sounds strange to you, again, this is why at Bride Ministries we spend so much time talking about what dissociation is and how it works. And, and you can get all caught up on this conversation by just visiting our website, clicking the Mind Control tab, and working through some of the, some of the podcasts because we have so many organized into one place where you can get all your homework done just by sitting back and listening to the explanation. Briefly put, an altar is a fragment of a person. It, it is that person, but the altar is created when a person undergoes severe trauma and has to dissociate from what they are experiencing. And, uh, you know, with that said, Robert, it's such a pleasure to have you back on Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Hello, Daniel. Uh, it's great to be back and awesome that to be back. And yes, in what you said in the introduction, uh, a lot of the subjects may are sound off the wall, but for me as Robert, they were always part of my life. I always thought they were normal, not knowing, of course, that it is normal because most people got just plain ordinary lives. And I found out only much later how yeah, abnormal or how off the wall my my life was in comparison to others. Uh, 
En uh, also, ja, nou ja, Kate, uh, what I said last week, she was on and she was quite excited about it. She did, by the way, an awesome job in in what she tried to explain and uh, explain to others what happened to her. And people gonna find out more about it from another altar by the name of Clarissa. Um but yeah most people don't have don't have, don't have an understanding or even a conception what people like myself and other bloodliners that you had on your show and that you constantly had to go through. Because they're so uh, so out out there, uh, out of out of sight of society, and also so hidden. That is why, yeah, most people they will be blown away when people come on your show, like myself, like Caroline Hamlet and others, Elena, among others, and what they have to tell people because most people are so so brainwashed within the matrix. And all the things that they normally watching for for most people, what is the world probably is, as I call it, more on TV, uh, like those reality soaps, uh, or what is it, X Factor, and and all that. And that is for most people, and the soccer and football on the TV, and and in their local areas, and that is for most people what is reality, but. If people really would know what is really going on behind the scenes, not to mention all the subliminal, subliminal programming, what is going on, and what you see in plain sight in, in, on TV, in advertisement, in movies, in TV series, if people would catch up <coughs> on that part, that also will open up people because subliminal uh, messages play within our subconscious realm, as you probably know yourself and that also uh, would open up the eyes of people well you know robert before we get into all this heavy stuff i i, I do want to <laughs> let you expound a little bit upon this comment that you made you just thought it was normal everybody went through these things well, because for you in your life you just only know your experiences and well here's the thing there was a time when you went to the 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 mall or this it was it was a store and you intended to buy one thing instead you bought something else and couldn't return it. Can you tell us that story? It's just, it's kind of funny. Um <laughs> Oh my god. I see Lauren told you that story or Taylor. Yeah. Uh yes. Uh I think it was two thousand nine. I was living in Bristol, the United Kingdom then, because when I say Bristol we got about 26 Bristol's right in the United States. So, but yeah, that was when I was in Bristol, United Kingdom. And one evening I went to the store and I switched the switch as usual. And I had, of course, time loss, but I thought that was normal. So when I got home, I went to the toilet and I, uh, I got back to the kitchen. And I thought, okay, I, I have put my uh, grocery down, like food, what I needed. To my amazement, after I I come back into my consciousness, and for me, what I said, switching and being temporarily out, in and out, was a normal thing, so I didn't think about it much. But to my amazement, I found two, the, two of those bar, uh, Malibu Barbies uh, on the table. And so the next day, I went back to the mall. I brought it back. 
But whoever the ones that bought the, the the Barbies were probably Amber or Daisy, one of the two all of my other altars. They are four years old and they love Barbie and everything with it. I think they are responsible in the past for downloading some of those Barbie movies on the computer. But that's a different story altogether. <laughs> <laughs> but when I went back to the store, the the woman behind the counter, yeah, she re- she remembered me. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't bring them. They couldn't take them back because the girl who was out in the body uh, at the front, they had thrown out the receipt. So yeah, I I was stuck with two Barbies, what was about thirty something pounds together, but it's roughly I think thirty pounds, uh, forty forty five dollars, give or take. Hmm. And she also said when I was uh, when I was buying the Barbies, I spoke with a girl's voice, like a four year old, because the girls that were responsible for this, they are four years old, and that is what happens sometimes. Not all, not always, but sometimes when all that comes out, another example I can give you for people to watch this is when people go online on YouTube and they put in the Britney Spears, Diane Sawyer interview of 2003, uh, they will find that at one point, Diane Sawyer asked uh, Britney Spears something and suddenly Britney Spears on national TV started to switch <clears throat> into a six-year-old. And when the switching took place, suddenly Britney Spears, as people can see for themselves, started to talk like a six-year-old for a short period. But, yes. but but I said also in my case, so when the four-year-old came out, as the woman said behind the counter, yes, what she also found very odd is that I started to talk and my voice started to sound like a four-year-old. It doesn't mean, of course, every time when an altar or a certain age come out that they will speak like that age, uh, what, whatever the age is of, of an altar, but that is a possibility when it happens. And this is what happened with me was in September 2009, when I was still living in Bristol before I came over to the West of the United Kingdom. Yeah, folks, I mean, this is real life, right? So you go to the mall, you think I'll buy some eggs and milk, and you come out with Barbie dolls. And Robert's parts are so intelligent, they actually disposed of the receipt, so there was no way their toys could be taken back. <laughs> after the fact yeah. this, this is this is uh, not abnormal I, as a matter of fact I had another person and they were out to dinner or, or breakfast maybe with their spouse and so the waitress came around and she's like well what would you like and they went to say you know, some kind of mature thing like coffee but instead of saying that they're a little they're, they're altar that is very young came to the front very fast and said apple juice so their mouth said apple juice but they didn't even know that it happened because it was so fast and sometimes altars can be very very intelligent about how they uh come up and down um and especially when a person doesn't know what's going on there can be quite a bit of confusion well when the waitress got back with the apple juice they were upset he says, no, I asked for coffee. Like, no, you didn't. You asked for apple juice. 
And so, I mean, it's like they went to go get the coffee because there was a bit of complaining that happened. And the person's like, I hate apple juice. And uh, by the time the waitress come back, the apple juice is gone. And it's like, wait, I drank the apple juice. No, their part snuck up and hounded that because their little, that altered, loved apple juice. So she got her apple juice. And <laughs> it was like a total, how did this happen moment? Well, folks, welcome to the life of a survivor. Things can get kind of strange at times. And uh, it's not always horrible. It's not, sometimes it's kind of silly. Anyway, Robert, we have a yeah. lot of things to talk about today. I know. And what it said did was for me, I only started to realize that I'm a multiple, as they call it. Uh, that was after or around 2013 when my programming started to break down because I had been severely under deep programming and, and actively being used on the higher level within the Illuminati up till 2013. And after my program started to break down, slowly after that, I started to understand, yeah, that I'm that I'm multiple and that I had multiple personality disorder. Mm-hmm. All up, till that, up till that moment, that was, uh, yeah, up till 2013, for me, I, I thought I was just one person. Okay, I had, memory a lot of times but I didn't think oh yeah I, I could maybe other parts that coming out when it happens I thought that is something normal well, and people must realize that with a lot of other survivors like myself this is how life is for them that for us we don't know if we are not aware that we are multiple people must know for us we think it is normal when we suddenly or we end up in a completely different place also happened a few times as well uh, when Alter came out and I ended up in a completely different place when I am uh, cut back into the body and this is something that happens recurring, recurring for a lot of survivors out there till the moment that their programming A started to break down and they starting to go into counseling especially so well in regular counseling but also within Christian counseling they start suddenly start to find out, yeah, that they got other parts within them. While that before this, they didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And what it said in my case, I always started to realize what I am. That was from mid 2013, so less than three years ago. Right, and you know, folks, oh, we're going to now begin getting into. Some of the heavier stuff. Now, last week, we met Kate, and Kate was involved in what we described as temple prostitution, but not in the sense that you would think you go somewhere, say a brothel on Main Street or some temple to some goddess in the Middle East, yeah, uh, you know, very, very 3D type things. Uh, the prostitution, the temple prostitution that Kate described to us occurred off planet. Um, she described a facility on the moon and the uh, things that occurred involved 
non-human entities. So it was maximally traumatic. Um, and of course, she even described some of the purposes of why they do these things. And of course, this is all very, very secret, highly guarded stuff. You're not going to know about it unless it's revealed to you or like Robert, you have parts that are implicated in these things. Uh, these are the devil's devices that the Bible says straightforwardly, do not be ignorant of them. Um, when the truth is presented, we need to realize that uh, it's our job as believers to use that information in, well, our warfare. Because we have been given weapons of warfare that are not carnal but mighty in God to the tearing down of strongholds, the casting down of arguments, and every high thing which exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. And so, you know, Robert, at this point, I'd like to... Uh, go further into this conversation because Kate was not the only part of you that had knowledge and involvement with agendas like this. There's another part of you whose name is Clarissa who also has something to say on this subject. So if it's okay, I'd like to invite Clarissa to come to the surface and talk to me about it. Okay, uh, Daniel, yes, she will come out in a minute. And yeah, people must realize that in, in our case, as Robert, I'm not the only one uh, like this. Uh, because Daniel, if I'm correct, when last year we started getting breakthrough for the first time and we started to meet Kate and Clarissa, I think we also said to Taylor or to Lauren, yes, was out then as uh, the, <coughs> the front, uh, that you also had, a, that you had also other clients who had similar experiences? That is correct. I had virtually the exact same things reported to me by another survivor, and the um, that you did not know at the time. And the overlap of descriptions was so uh, confirming. That's when I myself knew there's no way this is getting made up. You can't have two people that don't know each other, two totally different sets of experiences, describing the exact same thing that is so out there and have it have no basis yeah, in reality or truth. Yeah, the reason is because uh, I'm, I'm asked to do this is because a lot of people probably come and not only scratch their head, but they kind of think, oh, this must be all made up. But the thing, the fact that you have another client that we didn't know of, who she was or who, and she had the same similar thing, yeah, that should people might realize that this is not happening only to one, but there are much more people out there of survivors who had similar uh, things done to them and who were involved in similar things like this. I know for people that is quite a stretch yeah, to, uh, to what what they think is reality is and what people have to undergo because most people probably only have heard maybe of NKOPA, 
Monarch programming by Dr. Green, who was one of my one of my earlier main programmers and uh, artist writing. <clears throat> but a lot of the stuff that we have talked about and we dealt with in counseling, we don't find a lot of this in, in the books out there who are so far written by NKO survivors for their counselors. And people always seem to think, oh yeah, uh, they, do the, they do the standard programming, but they have been reading the books by Fritz uh, Springmeyer and a few others, and uh, by some of the survivors. Uh, so for a lot of people, spiritual components what we have to go through and others like us, like us are, not, are hardly mentioned within the public domain. People know maybe of uh, Bryce Taylor and uh, Katie O'Brien and then Swally and probably and, and maybe Arizona Wilder and that's it for a lot of people. Well, <clears throat> what they went through was already quite a help to start with but there is much more that's happening uh, than only what those survivors have mentioned uh, out there, and we probably didn't concur with this. Mm-hmm. This is what I wanted to say to the people before uh, Clarissa comes out, because a lot of people come to think when they come to the first interview, oh, yeah, this is so far beyond anything, this must be, yeah. Uh, made up by by Robert or by his, by his office. and the fact that you have another or another person and the counseling uh, that dealt with the same thing, or probably got maybe the, more than a few others out there that you are counseling that has been dealing uh, with similar things. Yeah, that hopefully will make people think twice before they can say, "Oh, yeah, this is all made up." Because unfortunate people, it's made easier to think it is made up, but people like myself and my other parts on the inside and that of other survivors, we have to daily, we discuss of the traumas that are left inside of us on a day-to-day basis. So people, please don't dismiss it because it sounds too out out far and too crazy. Because sometimes... Uh, the, the crazier sometimes it sounds, the more it sometimes is real for some people like ourselves and other survivors out there. And it's very easy for people who are listening to this to just demonize and just say, oh yeah, this cannot be real because it is way beyond their reality, what is their reality on a day-to-day basis. Mm. People are survivors they have to live on a day-to-day basis to fill a hell in order even to make it through. Because a lot of us, yeah, sometimes we, we really, really, really struggle with it, including us at times. Well, that's very well put, Robert. Clarissa, at this point, why don't you come forward and talk to us? All right, I will now, uh, people, when you listen to this, as Robert, I will now look Clarissa out, and she will then answer the questions that Daniel has for her. And then uh, you can hear it from a different personality on, on our insights, and people, I do how to keep an open mind about that this is real, not only for myself, but other survivors out there. I know it is a stretch and a jump to make, 
but I hope that you learn something out of it. Um, okay, Daniel, I will now let Clarissa out then, and then she can tell her story on the questions you have asked for her. Okay. Hi. Hi, Clarissa. Hi, Daniel. It's Clarissa. It's good to talk to you. How are you feeling? How are you? I'm doing well. Really excited. Okay, great. Really excited okay. that you are willing to talk to me about this this subject, the things that you have seen and been through. And Clarissa, I'm simply going to turn it over to you and let you talk to us about your experience with these off-planet sex temples. How did you get there? And what were you involved in? Okay, Daniel. Um, last week, if I'm correct, Kate spoke already on the subject, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because a lot of my experiences are akin to uh, what Kate already said. Okay. But besides the moon, as Kate has already explained, uh, I also was brought to other locations of in within our solar system. Uh, one of the temples I was brought to was on Mars, uh, among other places. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what Kate has said when the last time she had experienced it. In my case, if I come back to our current uh, time, for me, the last time must have been in real time, last time five years ago. Okay. So that must be 2011. Okay. By the current counting. And what people must realize, in my case, I was got concentrate in another physical body. And I think Kayla wrote down uh, what the paper of uh, drawing. I think you have the drawing which, as Kate says, you should have a copy of it. Yes. Now, and we were there with boys and girls. And also adults as well. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me how they took the physical body? Was it some kind sometimes, of... Mm-hmm, go ahead. Sometimes uh, we were collected by our handler, if you call it like that. Mm-hmm. Someone that every time comes and collects you. In Robert's case, depending on what part of the United States, what part of the world he was in Europe or in the States, when he was in the States, one of our main members was the Cheney, who was also the former vice president of the United States under this union, as people recall. And he collected us from uh, 
to a certain military base, and from there we left in a shuttle type of craft. Wow. To, to the location, in this case, uh, it was off the most. And those shuttles were part of the secret space program. Yeah, that Robert, I think, already talked about, if I'm correct. Okay. All right. But in other cases, mm -hmm. we also were brought to other means to the physical things, and that was through doorways or portals, if you like. So they would use some kind of craft or doorways, which are yeah. portals. And that's how they yes. would get the physical body to these other locations yes, in the that, heavens. That's right. Okay. All right. And so you were saying that when you were in the facility on Mars, there were adults there. And... There were uh, several children mm -hmm. and adults. Okay. Now, in my case, the last, as I said last time, I was rather as and I was pulled out after a return. Last time for me must have been roughly five years ago. So that's around 2011. And of course, as you know, yeah, Robert, he is a grown-up adult. So in this case, I was, yeah, uh, the body was brought out there. And then when we uh, put on those granite Lap, and we were tied on it, then they made me come out. Mm. But there were several adults on those locations who were laying there, and there were always equal numbers of male and females in bodies, mm -hmm. in bodies, sorry, in physical bodies. So, equal number of males and an equal number of uh, Female. Okay. Um. In this case, her experience goes to the moon. She mm -hmm. has been also brought, I think, to some of the underground bases in our solar system. I think a few of them are around Jupiter, or one of them moons. Say if that. I'm correct. Say that one more time. And few of the other bases that we were dropped, and they did similar things, but then indoor uh, was within some of the moons of the planet Jupiter. Got it. So, so they have this kind of activity going on on Earth's moon, Mars, and some of the moons on Jupiter. Yeah. Or of Jupiter? Yeah. But underground? Yeah, in this case, then it is within the underground bases within the moons, it's done underground. Now, folks. But on Mars, again, that's the ones on Mars are also uh, within the moon of Cajun Ground, was again in a dome type of structure. Wow. Wow. And from your experience, Clarissa, when you were 
out. What do you believe the purpose was for the ones that took place on Mars? For instance, do you know who was getting power from it? Depending on the time uh, of publication, uh, besides what Kate, I think, has mentioned or not, the powering up of certain individuals or even events, uh, they also, during the rituals, they had certain hypers uh, that were shapeshifters, by the way. And they had reptilian uh, form when they came out in their true form. But some of them had the names of some of the goddesses that we use within our mythology. Uh, one of them they called Athena. Uh, I think that is, if I'm correct, from ancient Greek mm-hmm. mythology. And she looked very feminine. Uh, when they started out, but when they started, when she started to shape it again, she had a reptilian form. That is fascinating. Although she looked in a, she did look more feminine also in a reptilian form. Oh my gosh. She looked different than some of the other reptilians. So we even within the reptilians, because apparently, so far I can witness. Uh, you could say the male and the female type. Okay. It doesn't mean she was less fuller than the male, but you could see the differences between them. And also you could sense it in energy. Got it. Robert was always inherent, uh, psychically uh, very powerful, so through Robert's psychic abilities, I had um, I could feel more uh, through that as well. So I could sense how someone was, even though say they had conquered. I always could sense that I overlie and I could feel their bad energies. No matter how they smile and whatever. You cannot hide your true energy no matter how you present yourself to others. And they, as I said, they always present themselves in the feminine form, especially in the rituals of life, like in the form of a priestess. But people have to, uh, don't fool yourself. Uh, this is for audience, if I'm correct, as Robert said. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to say to your audience who are listening to this, don't get fooled because something looks feminine or the female kind of like evil. Uh, because some of the people we have witnessed during the ritual. Can I call names? Sure. Some of, some of the names, sorry, one of the people that I had witnessed during those rituals, uh, I think one of them, as Robert says, is now trying to run for president. Her name is Hillary. Hillary Clinton. And as Robert O'Lone said, at one point during the counseling, 
you had a you, we had a session with you and you did something to get rid of something out of out of what was it was counting as Warren said with Hillary Clinton. If you remember? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yep. And he was one of the people that uh, was watching over some of those rituals. Mm, mm, mm. I have to admit myself. Especially the ones on Mars. Folks, um, all I'm going to say at this point is that uh, uh, there's uh, darkness in the highest places. And it is inevitable in this line of healing that things which are done, no matter who did them, are going to have to be addressed by the power of Jesus Christ. And uh, Jesus is in the business of getting people healed at all costs. And, you know, Clarissa, I actually want to ask you, uh, since you're out and it's describing all of this this stuff, what has Jesus done for you? You mean the real Jesus? That's right. Because, yeah, because we had also fake Jesus is on the inside who are very demonic. As you know, throughout the country, oh yes, the real Jesus, especially the first time that I met him, it was, the feeling was very overwhelming, especially when you see him with like the, the, the warmth that come out of it, the compassion, and it's hard to bring on the words because it almost one, one to make me cry uh, on an emotional level. Um, Especially when you have been that broken as we are, and the things that have been done by the enemy of our God. And I only can say to other survivors if you have been in a situation like that, this is my personal opinion of Clarissa, the only one that can help us is Jesus Christ. He is the only healer in this world, uh, who was sent by God to die for us, to take on our sins, so that we can go to heaven, no matter what we have done, so long we confess that He is the true God and who has died for, for our sins on the cross. And also, we have to do, when we lay in there, we had to do on un- undertaking things and we were forced to and God has forgave us for this because we, we knew that we were far forced to do things like that. And this is what Jesus can do. Then you really mean it. Mm. And you you can forget your the things that you have been part of. If you truly wanted, of course. Because that's the meaning from the deepest part of your soul. Um, and God will know if you mean it or not. He will see through you. But his warrant is 
unbelievable. It's like a couple of thousands of suns all involved into one. It's, it's hard to describe how to bring it on the world. Mm, mm, mm. The only feeling that I get is thinking about it that I'm overwhelmed by a hard on the at the moment. You, you see, folks. It's hard to bring it on the world. You know, thank you, Clarissa. It, it's just a. See, this is the thing. Folks, Robert has been through uh, un, uh, just unbelievable trauma. And parts of him, like Clarissa, who we're talking to now, have been wounded very deeply through things that should never happen, period. And yet, because there is gross evil, there is a healer whose name is Jesus. And you're hearing it from Clarissa herself. His love and light and influence is overwhelming for her and is the source of her healing and restoration from the things she has been through and was used for. This is why the healing process can't be done without him. He is the centerpiece of everything. And um, as, as he is healing, um, memories are restored, and we are getting the full truth. An understanding of the things that the kingdom of darkness has done in very hidden ways. And, you know, Clarissa, I, I just commend you for your bravery in coming out and, and talking to me, talking to us. You're, you're really awesome. Yeah, what I wanted to say, the reason I come out and tell people is not only people need to know, but it's also I do it for Robert so that people can see not only what he went through, but others like him out there. And people like Robert need all the help from people and not being demonized, as I have seen what people are doing. Because people like Robert went through a hell and back. And only through Jesus Christ, we can, can we can get out of it. And Robert has been a great inspiration for a lot of us in the way how he has been handling things. I am glad also that God has assigned Lauren, who people know, most of the people know uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, who now has taken over and temporarily till Robert is healed. Uh, who, yeah, Lauren takes over on a day-to-day basis. She's doing an awesome uh, job in that. And if people ask, who is Lauren? Lauren was, I think, the the person that people met for the first time in the first interview, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. Yes, and she is doing an awesome job uh, in that way to keep us safe. And... You have only, I have met only a few of us, while there are so many on the inside, as you know, during every time, every week, when we do the counseling. And so far, we have only been still re uh, scratching the service, if I'm correct, uh, by setting all this free on the inside. 
we almost come in, in the numbers into a city. It, she is not kidding, folks. Um, I mean, with the work that we've done uh, right now, every week we are seeing 30,000 plus altars, parts of Robert being set free. Um, in addition to other work that we are doing. And so the populations um, of, of those parts of Robert that are safe and able to receive healing uh, is, is the population of a city. It's, it's true. It's just the reality of the situation. And, um, well, you know, Clarissa, it's been really, really great having you out. And I wanted to also, as I discussed with Robert, talk with a couple others on the inside today who have um, additional things to say. And um, I actually wanted to talk next with Brittany. So if there's anything else you'd like to say before we have Brittany step forward, please feel free. Okay. I must say I was nervous to come out, uh, especially about the subject that we talked about. Not only a lot of people probably will will think it is all crazy. Unfortunately for Robert, it's all real, and that is why I came out so much case. And I hope that people take this more serious. It's not only for us, but when people talk about other survivors, people don't take them straight away as that they to say, oh, those people are crazy. Mm. Because I have seen a lot of people and children during the times I was used. So were adults in their adult bodies and in their child bodies. And that's only what I have to say, that I only do it in order to help educate people about that this is going on for real. And people like Robert went through a hell. And it is people like Hillary Clinton and others who are deeply involved, even on this level. As I said, I have seen on the Mars, on the Mars uh, operations with this, I have seen people like Hillary Clinton uh, over there who now runs apparently for the president, to become the next president. She even makes uh, Bush Jr. just like a toddler in comparison how how deep and dark she is. If people think things were worse under Bush Jr., think 20 times twice over because he has nothing in comparison to how dark and deep Hillary Clinton is in what we have witnessed. Wow. So, I hope that yeah, that this will give people thoughts to think about. And I was I was nervous at at, at the early part to come out, but I felt I owe it to Robert and the others uh, out there who went through through a lot and who want to get healed. And who also are willing to put out their story with the ridicule that comes on their way, because you got people who cannot handle the truth, 
and they lost less out unfortunate but as Clarissa Kate and the others they know what what is done to us and uh, we have no people like Robert and others people must realize there's nothing for us to gain to lie about it because the only thing if we lie about it and make it up the only thing what it will bring to us is ridicule what is to win by that you only have to read on YouTube with all the trolls and, and others and, and, and what people that tell their story as I saw with Elena and, and Caroline and, and, and the things that were thrown at them if that is why I can I cannot understand why people are like this hmm. uh, people like Caroline Caroline Hamlet and Elena Matthews had never made up things what they told was all true you have you have maybe a few people out there who tried to make money out of it by claiming stories that they were maybe told by others but in general I don't see and nor Robert nor Lauren we don't see there is any gain by just telling something like this uh, no we, we, we don't get it because you are in the way that you work with us uh, counselors in the end they will know people must realize that you can tell a story but a counselor when he works for a while with survivors will know in the end if someone will tell the truth or not especially when you work with the power of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit especially as counselor then you will certainly find out who is telling you the truth or not am I right? This is absolutely true Clarissa and folks you know this is why the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses let all things be established you know there's a lot of information and incoming that I get as a, you know and I call it coaching and we 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 are working with people that have had experiences that oftentimes there is no uh you know conversation happening around it's just information data points that come in that are very far removed from even my worldview or what my worldview used to look like and uh my worldview is obviously changing month by month I, the more I learn the more I know the more of a grasp I'm even able to get on the, 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 the hugeness of this thing. But at the end of the day, what happens is as you work with more than one individual, I've worked with as many as 18 at the same time um, in addition to what I do, which is why when people write emails, sometimes I don't get back to you. But the, the reality is um, the, uh, the stories align and overlap and confirm Firm one another and at the end of the day you must come to the conclusion I've come to the conclusion everyone's not making this up and as we said and brought out with Clarissa there was a confirming witness another individual who uh, Robert did not know at the time who was saying the exact same 
think they were one of the other individuals that Robert would have witnessed um, or Clarissa or Kate would have witnessed in these situations. Um, were they ever at the same rituals? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, the reality is it's happening. And if it's happening to them, it's happening to others. Maybe some that hear this broadcast and realize that they have a data point for their source of bondage now because of Clarissa's bravery. So, you know, Clarissa, I just want to say thank you. And this time I would um, like to talk to Brittany, um, is she ready to come out? She is next to me. Okay. Uh, she is nervous. Okay. But I will tell nothing is the matter. It's just speaking to the counselor. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully that will help. Let, let's get Brittany some <clears throat> bread of life and some living water. And folks, as Brittany is preparing to come out, I'm going to set a little bit of foundation here. We have run into something. And it's called spirit children. Now, this is a conversation that, again, no one is having. It's very, very new. Uh, most Christians are aware that there are demons. Um, and that's about it. That's where their knowledge base stops. And and really, there's a lot more going on in the spirit realm, especially at this stage in history because of the agendas working out of the powers of darkness. They've become very, very creative. And the the, the basic thing that we have to understand is that there are essentially... I would say this is how I'm currently understanding this. Two wombs for humanity. Uh, there is a spiritual womb and there is a physical womb. So you can think about it like when God delivers the spirit from him as the father of lights, um, that spirit comes into a spiritual womb in the woman while the physical body begins to uh, develop in the physical womb and in a ideal situation the spirit and the physical work in tandem so there's no real separation between the operations of the two and when the woman gives birth she gives birth to a physical body that is inhabited by a spirit that is human and um the Bible says in First Thessalonians, May the God of all peace sanctify you wholly. I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So every human has a spirit, a soul, and a body, and, and that spirit comes from God. Well, the the interesting thing is that it seems like in the powers of darkness, in the kingdom of darkness, they have hacked Humanity to the extent that they are able to isolate a spiritual womb. And that lends itself to the conversation on the creation of what we and others would call spirit children. 
And it's 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 really new. Do do you understand this information and this concept fully, Daniel? Do you have a full theology on this subject? No. But what we do have is a testimony. What we do have are data points. Um, I have dealt with spirit children in most of the survivors I work with, and they have different means of creating them, actually. And um, we're about to meet a part of Robert named Brittany, who, uh, and this is even the leap in, in, in logic that's going to take place here, who is a female part in a male body who was still involved in this agenda. Um, it's meaning the creation of spirit children is not limited to females. Uh, spirit children is a subject that came up with Dr. Rob Ruckert in an interview we did with him a couple months ago. And uh, in the future, this is something you, and those of you that listen to this podcast, will definitely be hearing more and more because it is a subject that you it cannot be ignored and it must be addressed because it's just it's just real. It's part of the process of delivering people from what's been done with them and to them by the powers of darkness. And so with that introduction, um, is, is, is Brittany at the surface? Hi. Hi, Brittany. How are you? Okay. Nervous, but okay. Well, Brittany, let me just tell you something. Um, you are so brave for coming out and talking to me. Thank you. No, I'm really proud of you. Brittany. Yeah? What happened to you? You were used in this agenda to create spirit children. Tell me the story. Okay, I guess Lauren or Robert has told you some of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, as you already described in your intro, uh, I was brought uh, with Robert because Robert was brought on a number of occasions to country, uh, a few countries. One of them was Nigeria, mm-hmm. that plays an important role in Robert's life, seeing all the things that happened, as you know. Mm-hmm. Currently, someone connected to Robert is still stranded there, but different story. But and on a number of occasions, Robert was brought in the physical uh, in the physical sense by his handlers uh, to to Nigeria and Ghana. And the first time uh, it happened was around 1978. When Robert was brought by his handlers from the Rothschild family, and that was one of the handlers, uh, that was the wife of Robert's um, programmer, Baron de Rothschild, and her name was Filipino, Filipina. And she brought us 
uh, together with her husband and a few others on the trip to uh, Nigeria. Uh, it must have been somewhere in early part of 1978. And we were brought there with other children who were already there to uh, high-level uh, witch doctors who were already in their late 70s or mid-70s, some. And they started doing rituals. I cannot reword or rephrase the words I said because I don't understand the language. But when those three witch doctors started to do their act dancing, uh, they were talking in a language I couldn't understand. I saw the atmosphere changing. During this, it was after I was pulled out, by the way. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I was in, brought the Robert physical body to the location of this uh, place somewhere in somewhere in the middle of Nigeria, not near the coast, but it was more uh, inland. And when they, the ritual doctors started to do their ritual uh, the chanting, uh, a ball of light appeared out of nowhere. And suddenly, when the ball of light appear, uh, appeared and became grow big, grow bigger and bigger, at one point the ball of light was about a few meters in diameter. Suddenly, a portal came out of it, like a spiral. And I'm not sure what Lauren Taylor or Robert has told you, but at one point, uh, what looked like points of light came out that grew into into various beings. It's like when you see in, in the sky like an orb. Mm-hmm. And that came out. That came out of this portal, and that grew rapidly into various types of of beings. And then they they were the size like men, or even bigger. Some had the size what could have been like eight, maybe nine feet tall. Wow. And some looked more like a luminous being because they had a cloth. And when I was pulled out by then, uh, they started to attack me and they started to, uh, to raid me. Were you outside of Robert's physical body at this point? Yes. Okay. Yes. And and this happened, this ritual happened. I was not all alone. Beside my handler, there were other children who were brought by their handlers as well. I think it was a group of maybe seven to ten children at this particular event. And this started from 1978. 
mm. in Robert's case. And the last time, last experience goes back to four years ago. Okay. That we, so the, from 1978 up to 2012. So my experience as, <coughs> my experience as Brittany goes back for, let's see, 78, 22, for 30, 34 years in total. My goodness. And the experience every time lasted, could last from 30, but looked like 30 minutes to hours. And the thing is, when they came out, out of this portal, like an orb, it started out like an orb, but could grow up, but could grow into a couple of meters in diameter. Then it started to come in form like a human being, or at least humanoid because sometimes they not looked always like human sometimes they had also other forms now when they pulled you out of robert's body and of course robert is a male were yes. you a male once you were out of the body or female once you were out of robert's body my body looked like that of female mm-hmm Folks, this is uh, really important to understand um, because I know that there are going to be people that say, Daniel, you are introducing deception into this man's life by referring to him as a female. How dare you do that, you unchristian heathen you? Um, well, let's be real here. When... Uh, I am dialoguing with parts of a person that have been highly wounded and fragmented. I am working with them. And Brittany not only identifies as a female, in the spirit she is female. And until that point of healing and integration happens, where she becomes one with Robert, who is male... She is not only uh, identifying as a as a part of Robert's consciousness as female. She has a female body that is used as a female body in the spirit realm, and that is very very important to understand. These are just the mechanics of how this plays out. Now, um. Brittany, go ahead and continue. How did this ritual lead to the conversation on spirit children? Thanks for telling what you what you did because by coming out, my fear is this that yeah, they will try to demonize us of being crazy. Uh, it's all made up. Uh, I have seen other male body male survivors like Robert who had also female parts who also were pulled out as myself so mm -hmm. I wasn't during the rituals the only one mm -hmm. 
so there are others like Robert out there when they are pulled out in this case pulled out in not in the in, in the physical realm but the astral realm or whatever they call the different layer mm-hmm. uh, they had them different male or female bodies depending on the gender of the personality uh, what happens uh, during that I I had to undergo the sexual act and being raped by a nine foot being, depending on the form. Some they looked on the, uh, on the surface nice, but when you looked in their eyes, you saw a, a deep darkness, mm-hmm. blackness, mm. and you also could feel it. As I said, most of the beings that I dealt with, they were between up from six up till the highest, nine feet tall. And some may look look like Nordic type of beings, like the gods from ancient Greek. Uh, but uh, they had a lot of darkness uh, over them. Some had reddish eyes, but some also looked grotesque, like reptilian or even worse. Some shape-shifted in what what could be described as merfolk, because some some of them some of the male had what looked like a tail. Wow! I know it sounds it, it sounds weird and crazy, but this is what I and and other children have witnessed. Okay. And. And sometimes the experiences and the nightmares that it sometimes creates is is horrific. As those entities, those demonic entities, can take on any form and shape what they want. Mm -hmm. And that is what people have to understand. Those beings are, or whatever they are, are shapeshifters. Thank you. And and us and I was always and I always liked mermaid tales as a child, or as an altar, that is. Mm-hmm. And probably that is why they took on that form and shape. Okay. They will take if they know you like certain things, they probably can take on that form or shape, while they raping you or in whatever, what else they do. Uh, for what you are being brought there. And in my case, this happened on a frequent basis. In connect, come back on your question before mm-hmm. about now, one of the purposes. What I understood is that they try to create non-physical bodies, or as you call spirit children. So. So myself and, and other kids, as you would call it, normal world, yeah, would get them impregnated, if that's the right term. And later, we were brought, uh, we were picked up, and we were brought again uh, to certain places, and then again I was brought out through a certain the ritual or or procedure and then they took away 
what was being in the inside of me in my non-physical form, if if this makes sense. So, oh, on my astral form body, uh, on that level. What Brittany is saying is that she, as a female altar, has a body in the spirit realm that is unique to her. It's a female body. Robert has a body in the spirit realm that is unique to him. He also has his physical body that all of his altars inhabit that are present to inhabit his body because some of them are taken other places in the heavens uh, and kept there. We're, we're talking about those that are present in his physical body. The altar, and this goes, this is true of um, all survivors, that their parts have their own bodies in the spirit realm and on the inside or in the subconscious where they live. And they will be male and female, depending on who the altar is. Brittany is female. And what she's saying is that through rituals, they would pull her out into the spirit realm, or astral is one of the terms used to describe that state, and impregnate Brittany. Would Robert in his physical body be pregnant? Of course not. Robert does not have a physical womb, but as a female in the spirit realm, Brittany, who is one of Robert's parts, does have a spiritual womb. And they use that for diabolical reasons. And they are creating spirit children with males and females. And uh, you know, Brittany, um, while this will be difficult for some people to understand, it's important for people to understand. And I, I just want you to know that um, I, I have Robert's uh, back and you have my support because I believe you and because I have other testimonies that substantiate what you're saying. I simply can say this. Brittany is so brave, folks, for being willing to talk about it and tell you about it. See, spiritual warfare in the current century is going to go far beyond demons. It's going to include powers in the heavens. It's going to include dealing with spirit children. These are the spirits that they are creating in these mechanisms, pulling parts of people out, impregnating their parts, and then harvesting those impregnations into the spirit realm. It's going to include other things beyond that. We call them hybrid spirits and synthetic spirits. Really uh, uh, sounds strange, but I'll tell you what, it's understanding things on this level that gets us the breakthrough that we are seeing in the lives of people we're working with. And, um, you know, Brittany, um, I, I just, again, commend your bravery 
for being willing to talk about this. Thank you, uh, Daniel. I know that we talked about it, or through Lauren, we talked about it for a while that you wanted to talk about this. If you remember, if you remember, oh yes, because you had asked us a while ago to go on your show on a separate show. Maybe we still should in the future. Maybe with other survivors, if they are willing. If that's the case, we are more than willing to come out and talk talk on that show as well. Mm. Because yes, I think as you said now in your in your talk, this is going to be the new level that we're going to have to deal with. And it is way beyond just only demons or people, especially Christians, seems to think. It's way beyond this level. Uh, on the physical level, we see then the use of super soldiers that have been created who are going to be Satan's foot soldiers uh, who are going to be used when our Lord Jesus Christ comes back and his angels but the next step I believe in this as also Robert says is going to be yeah, the creation of those spirit children who are going to be used for a variety of uh, things that we have not even think, think about and it's only I think what we have seen with me and others is probably only the first generation let alone the generations that will come after us. And, and folks, if you want a brief rundown, because you're asking the obvious question, why? Why would they create spirit children? What would they use them for? I'll give you a, a brief list uh, compiled from a number. And again, I can't express this point strongly enough. Every survivor that's highly programmed is implicated with this issue, period. They are doing this. And we are getting breakthrough because we've figured it out. Um, they use these things for the roles of punishers and gatekeepers within a survivor's own system. So when you go to cast out the demons, it doesn't quite work because the gatekeepers and punishers are actually their own spirit children. Hmm. Um, it's a lot easier to blow through the devil's machinations when you know what he did and how he did it. They use them to populate other realms, which is not something we're talking about much right now, but they are populating areas they use them to operate bodies that have no soul or spirit they build bodies um, some of these are located in various places off planet other realms they're, they're building hybrid armies or they trying to and they are using the spirit children to occupy those empty vessels uh, and those are just a few of the purposes they're using these things for that I am aware of from all of the information and data points being flung at me. Um, Brittany, is there anything you would like to add? Um, not for the moment. Um, 
emotionally I'm quite exhausted. Mm. I, I do want to say I hope in the future you will have a different show on this on this subject. Hopefully with other survivors and if you need us you have you have my uh, blessing uh, to get us on that show as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And and hopefully we can enlighten people more about this because I think this gonna be played out, and you're gonna see probably more. And other counselors gonna see more people that have to deal spiritual spirit children than we have so seen so far. And if there are, if there are among the listeners of your show, if there are counselors, uh, I have to say to them, if you, to the counselors and therapists out there, if you've got clients, we'll talk about things that I just have described briefly. Don't take them for that, that those adults or or if they're still like teenagers, don't think that those uh, clients are making this up because it is something you cannot make up for whatever reason. It is for a number of us a, a real a, a real issue and a real reality. And I feel, yeah, for the future, counselors gonna and counselors and whoever works with advisors, they can see this more and more. And I only want to say to people that work with them, please take them serious, because mm-hmm. it is a real issue. That's well, for well. now what I have to say on this further. You know, um, if, go ahead. If people who are listening uh, on this, and they know us, and they know Lauren on our Facebook, if they have questions, uh, and they, uh, they are part of, Taylor's and Lauren's Facebook page, they always can give us uh, on the messenger, give us a, a PM on the messenger, and if they got questions about this, we are always willing to uh, answer back to them. Thank you, Brittany. And, you know, Father God, I just uh, speak over Brittany that your south winds of restoration would blow over her and that restoration and revitalization would be active on her behalf. And Brittany, if you want to go back, um, I'd like to have Robert step forward so I can talk with him. All right. It was great to be on your show and I hope that people will learn out of this because yeah, those topics need to be brought out. Mm-hmm. I will let Robert back on, back on, and then you can continue with the other subjects. It was nice talking with you, Daniel, and uh, good luck further with the rest of the subjects. Thank you, Brittany, and, and thanks for what you have done for us so far. Sure. I will now let uh, Robert back. Again. Hi, Robert. Hi. Well, folks, 
uh, we have at this point spoken with uh, two of Robert's parts. Um, Clarissa has told us about th- the sex temples that she experienced and witnessed. And Brittany has told us about the subject of spirit children. While they were doing that, Robert was on the inside, standing by and letting them speak. Robert, uh, I just want to take a minute here and let you tell us what it's like for you to let your parts talk to us. Okay. Um, in a way, I'm not sure you described it last week as with the example of a, a plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you got the pilot and the co-pilot, and, and in a way, people, that is how it feels. Um, because as Robert, I'm now back in, into the front seat, as I call it, from a car. Well, in this case, Kate uh, or any of the other alters uh, sitting next to me or standing next to me, depending on their position, uh, are are in the co uh, in the in the co driver seat, and that is how it feels to me when uh, one of the others comes out. Normally, in in daily life now, it's Lauren who has assigned by God. Uh, to be the front while I have been out under my healing and counseling and she is then the front personality if I think as they call it and she takes on the daily uh, side of business in order to live through daily life but now with the counseling and now especially with the interview uh, while I'm now talking the other authors that you have heard are are sitting and standing next to me. I know it sounds weird when I talk about it because all of this happens on the inside. And when we talk on the inside, we talk about what is known as the subconscious mind. And in the subconscious mind, you can have a whole new set of worlds there depending on what is created. Also, if I'm correct, the subconscious mind is also what humans step into uh, at night when they are asleep and they're dreaming, if I'm correct. Or um, what some others also would say when people tap into their imagination and things like that. This is all also related with the subconscious mind. And part of it, part of this is why the Illuminati program has used this. Uh, and because they found a way to access it in which they can create whole templates of new worlds that they're creating in their programming and also with internal programmers because we got a couple of programming systems uh, that look much like the original programmers and we are not the only one. I know that most adult survivors got similar systems as probably Daniel can say uh, to the listeners as well. I am correct in that, Daniel. Oh, absolutely. Um, internal programmers will often take on the persona of a physical programmer 
that the person has encountered in real life uh, and, and systems will be throughout the subconscious and there will usually be a lot of them uh, depending on how high the person was and Robert's internal systems are I mean uh, <laughs> it's almost like it's it, it exists as its own universe it's really complex so much for me having a normal life <laughs> Well, Whatever normally. you know, that's why I say you're a champion, Robert. All right, thanks. Uh, and I always, uh, I had a friend who once said, if you had to live a normal life, you can board me in five minutes. And probably he is right. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, sometimes to, to be normal, yeah, could be a blessing on itself as well. But then ask hundred people about what is normal and probably you get 110 and different answers or definitions of normal um, but yes people and what I do what I did in us yeah they create a number of systems and those systems they even got the faces of how our programmers look like like the ones for instance we had in our earlier life especially in the US uh, Dr. Green who had the face, uh, no, Dr. Green, by the way, was no other than Dr. Joseph Mengele, uh, if people know about Operation Paperclip and if they have read books on former MK Ultra survivors. Um, other programmers we had, and second programmer who played later on after our 10th year, after we were 10, after that, played an even bigger role than Dr. Green initially, and that was uh, Dr. Barrington. This Dr. Barrington, that was the name he used, because his real name was no other than uh, Baron Guy de Rothschild. Uh, he was the wine baron of the, that was his cover, of course, of the French Rothschild family. Uh, in reality, he was a very nasty uh, person as programmer and also as a human being and another person I dealt with a lot with was uh, Jacob the Rush Lord or Bar yeah Lord or Baron Lord uh, nah, Jacob the Rothschild who by the way when you take the Simpsons uh, look much like uh, Mr. Burns for the people out there that know about the, the TV series, hmm. The Simpsons. Yeah, hmm. when you take the picture of, uh, the animated picture of uh, Mr. Burns, then you take the picture of um, uh, uh, Lord Jacob the Rothschild, they got a great similarity between them. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I wonder... If it is a coincidence or that it was done on purpose that they chose this Mr. Burns, the image of Doctor, uh, the image of the, uh, Mr. Burns from uh, Jacob the Rothschild. But besides all, all of that, yes, uh, what I want to say to the listeners is that every survivor, yes, they got pro internal programmers or even whole 
internal systems of programmers that look like uh, the that cut the face and the image of the real programmers. And this is very common, as Daniel already said, yeah, for a lot of survivors. So, yeah, this is what I wanted to say on this subject. Well, and folks, I'll tell you what. Time is winding down. And we've done a number of programs with Robert thus far. Uh, There will be a lot more in the future because we haven't begun to talk about um, the... (laughs) The barter system of the heavens, the antimatter universe, things that he knows about black-eyed children, the things done with his brain. I mean, folks, there is so much that we have yet to unpack. Some of the things we were talking about, yeah, we're going to get to that today. Um, Timelines, uh, but we just don't have the time in this program and so you're going to have to wait on the edge of your seat for further installments of robert's story going into the future and believe me they will be coming because he has a lot to say and so with that said um you know robert just on on this program and the things that we have shared um you know, in allowing Brittany to talk and Clarissa to talk. Do you have any closing thoughts before we close this program? Wow, I didn't realize time was flying that fast already because we have only touched on the second part of the sex temples, the interdimensional sex temples and spiritual. I know. Time is certainly flying and... Yeah, let alone if you would let uh, uh, Heidi speak. Uh, she is certainly uh, a fountain in the way how she speaks. But yeah, people con- concerning with Heidi and timelines, I already or Lauren put it up, uh, put the question up with Daniel uh, because he got another client with the same, also the same name as Heidi, who was used in the Montauk. And we may also can discuss if Daniel is okay with it. Uh, with the other client to put this also within the next uh, maybe in a future installment on follow-up of the Montauk exposed interview mm. uh, because there's so much uh, as you said also overlap between our Heidi and the other person's Heidi and what she has seen as well and yeah what I said uh, on what we still had to discuss in, in, in the list Certainly, with the brain and, and the Rigel, that that on itself is already quite an off-the-wall topic. How we can, how we, how you find out what it has done to my brain. That's already a, a thing that you can talk a whole a whole interview on itself. And you know what? I think we're going to have to, man, <laughs> man, oh man. <laughs> yes, folks. Oh, well, I'm, when you told me about it, I was so flabbergasted about it because I always thought as Robert, I operated on my full capacity and apparently what I was told, my IQ was on the level of around 185. Uh, so I thought, I, when Daniel mentioned what you're going to hear in the future, I was completely blown away because I always thought as Robert, I... 
Yes, I'm working on my full brain. Well, you know what? But, I think since we've gone this far, we have to give a little bit. We we have to give a little bit on the brain because this this one's just too much of a cliffhanger. Now, you know, folks, I'm going to take a few more minutes and then we'll close this program. The the the, the fact of the matter was that I had a dream. And in this dream, and it was like the night before one of our sessions, I was standing on some grass and there was a, a house. And out of this house came the door opened and a brain, it, it was a brain. Folks, it was like, you know, uh, four or five inches off the ground. It began to uh, kind of plop its way over to me. And... And so I'm in a brain, I'm in, I'm in a dream, right? And, and, and you know, no, I, I was not on drugs. Folks, I don't do drugs, right? But the, the brain came over to me in the dream and began to talk. It's like, hey. And somehow I knew, hey, you're Robert's brain. And so I'm talking with the brain in the dream and the, and the brain's talking back at me. And of course, it makes sense until I wake up. And... I'm communicating to the brain. I said, you know, you have a body, by the way. And the brain's like, I have a body? And I thought I was just me. And so, you know, we're having a little back and forth. There was other things that happened in the dream. But when I woke up, I was kind of thrown off. I said, whoa, I was talking to a brain. And it was Robert's brain. And, And so for the average person, you will begin to approach the dream looking for symbols. What did the house mean? What color was the grass? What did the grass mean? What is my relationship to Robert? And how does his brain create some kind of symbolic communication? Hey, man, I scrapped the whole thing, right? Because I have a different way of thinking, folks. I really do. And what I deal with, I just think very differently. I said, aha, I bet you there's a part of Robert's brain that's been separated from him dimensionally. Why did my brain go there? You know, I remember reading one of these witch doctor testimonies. And and this guy said that he used to go into school. And he used this funny language. He said, I would steal the brains of the other children and get A's on my tests while they would fail. And I would never study. And I would do this until the schoolmaster began to pray over the classroom every day. And when he began to pray over the classroom, my ability to steal the brains of the other children stopped. Now, when I read that, I was like, okay, obviously you're not opening their cranial cavity and scooping out brains. Somehow you're doing this in the spirit. This language is so weird, but whatever. That one went on the back burner. When I had this dream, I said, what this witch doctor was talking about was only the beginning. I bet you they have some huge agenda behind the ability to hack people's brains dimensionally, meaning metaphysical components of the brain that are being relocated and repurposed. Well, we get into it in our session. And uh, you know what, Robert? I'll just let you tell the rest of the story uh, from this point. All right. Uh, yeah, what I said, when you told us, I, I was completely blown away uh, to start with. And yes, when we stopped, because we had other plans initially for the session. 
to do other things. But yeah, that was that went now for everything else. And you're you're doing your prayer to for uh, uh, the the help of the heavenly angels, and they came in, and uh, we went out to search for the location, and we found yeah the location. In, outside within our physical within our universe except the location is physically but the level in which we found it was outside of the third dimensional uh, plane it was by the look of it the higher part of the fourth or even the fifth but it probably could call the fifth dimension and in this case yeah us the star system that we found in and Daniel probably can say it has relevance later on with other clients uh, is that we found it within the Orion system and the Orion system as people may know has within the Illuminati structure a big, especially within the, with the Dracos, the Draco reptilians, plays a big role in all of this so we, in the end we found the location but was heavily fortified How, how did the uh we uh, deal with the problem, Robert. No, uh, okay, to come, to come on that. No, yeah, what, what I said, you you started to do your, your praying and uh, asked for God to send his angels uh, inside of us and we followed the trail from the inside. Now, yeah, we found, what I said, an opening, a portal opening uh, from the inside that they used. And through this portal opening, we ended up within within a location, uh, a base, that had even symbols, as I later on recognized. Uh, some of the symbols I draw up, and if I'm correct, Lauren had sent them over to you. And some of the symbols were also recognized on another base on Earth, what is the Dulce underground base, uh, I think in New Mexico, if I'm correct. And it had similar symbols on it. And this base is heavily controlled by the gray, by some of the sub-gray species that work with the reptilians, by the way. Um, but when we ended up in this, uh, opened up this portal, we uh, ended up in two places, if I'm correct. One was, again, on Mars, or I think one of the moons of Mars, if I'm correct, if I remember well. And the other place, oh yeah, there was this base that was within the within the star. And uh, so there was not even a planet. It was an, an, a dimensional overlay of the star Rachel. And people must remember that we look to a star as a physical object, but uh, like every object, there are dimensional overlays. And what is also known in certain circles is that stars can also hold portals. It is known in certain circles that when a soul enters into our in, into uh, to our world, they travel through, let's say, portals before enter enter into the body. And in this case, one of the portals that I have read about that has been talked about is that also a sun is being used as a portal entrance point, if that makes sense. And, you know, folks, just think about it like this. One, 
If an angel that visits Manoah and his wife, Samson's parents, can ascend to heaven in a flame, it means that fire is a portal. Well, what is a sun but a burning ball of gas? How much more does that make sense? Furthermore, if a star collapses, what do you have? A black hole. That means it goes somewhere. Who knows where it goes? That's a portal too. It's a doorway to something, even if it's just oblivion. There's a lot that goes on with stars, and even the revelation of stars in the Bible is hugely, I think, just unexplored. We haven't known how deep this conversation was intended to go. And I, the more you study this out, you realize the whole heavens, it's the layered constructs, dimensions upon dimensions. Uh, so, you know, we, uh, we had to invade, with the help of heaven's armies, a, a very strongly fortified uh, base. And the angels collected um, the parts of Robert's brains that had been stolen and put there. And uh, they took him to the third heaven for restoration. And um, I'll tell you what, it's just amazing that God, God will stop at nothing to get people healed and whole, even if it means having his armies raid uh, dimensionally dislocated bases in other star systems to do it. <sighs> Now, yeah, let alone, as we found out in the counseling session, if you remember, uh, that you uh, that you found our part of our spirit, spirit men, or told parts that were scattered before uh, Long Island, Point Montauk. And people, you have to remember that, yeah, my mother had told me when I was born, uh, besides that I was born five weeks too early, I was also born in mid-air in an airplane. And I was born 12 miles outside of Point Montauk on the Atlantic Ocean. Another synchronicity with my life to the Montauk project. And as we did find out during the session, and also later in later sessions, is that they had used the soul parts or spirit man parts that they had broken of, of mine during birth, 14 that were laid before the coast in a geo. Uh, in a certain pattern, uh, they use that, and no doubt of other survivors as well, to power up, uh, in this case, the time travel Montauk project, or that part of uh, the Montauk project, but was everything to do with the time travel uh, part. Well, Robert, we are so out of time. I am simply going to say this. <laughs> Folks, you can uh, check out Robert's blog at beyond-the-illusionary-veil.blogspot.com beyond-the-illusionary-veil.blogspot.com and he'll be back. Folks, you've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed. Discovering the Truth with Dan DeBall 
is the premier radio program designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program has been a production of Bride Ministries. You can find us at www.bridemovement.com At our website, you can contact us, access resources, and support us with donations. We need partners in order to continue to produce our vision, which is to promote unity in the body of Christ worldwide and assist in the creation and development of sheep nations. Partner with us and be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.